MSW Media. This is Dr. Egon Spengler from The Real Ghostbusters, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Dan Dunn. Apologies for the nasal twang. I'm uh, entering week three of having the head cold from hell. I just can't get rid of this congestion. Anybody's got some tips, you know, surefire remedies for congestion, please let me know. Hit me up at the imbiber on Twitter and Instagram and, and help me get better because it's taken a while. Coming up in just a few moments, I'm going to be speaking to my old friend, Gina Grad who for many, many years was a sidekick to Adam Carolla on the Adam Carolla Show. Her run there ended at the end of last year. She has now entered a new chapter in her life, pun intended, as an author. That's right, she's got a book out. And we're going to be talking to Gina about the book and, and reminiscing about a lot of the boozing that we did when I go into the Adam Carolla Show uh, regularly and uh, how much fun we had Oh, behave. What else is fun? I, the thing I used to do, it's been a while, but uh, back in the day, I used to like to look at headlines about drinking from America's finest news source, talking about, of course, The Onion. So I went through and I found some headlines that I thought you would find entertaining. And that's what I'm here for, folks. Entertain you. So here's, uh, you know, this show is driven a lot by celebrities. You have a ton of celebrities on what we're drinking because they, a lot of them have booze brands. So this was a headline recently in The Onion. Celebrities you never knew started their own alcohol brand. And it's a slideshow. First up, Ryan Reynolds. I've not had him on this show, but we're trying. Ryan Reynolds is Aviation Jan, and it says, Starting this alcohol brand was a great way for Reynolds to live out his lifelong passion of answering questions about why he started an alcohol brand. Next up, Jay-Z. That's right. Ducey Cognac. Unlike many celebrities who start booze brands, the iconic rapper was extremely involved in signing the paperwork the marketing people shoved in front of him while he was on another call. <laughs> I love me some Jay-Z, but I don't know how much hustling he does for, for Ducey. I don't recall him doing much press or anything like that or going to many spirits festivals, but hey, Jay-Z. Don't need to do that shit. John Bon Jovi, Hampton Water, wine. The only celebrity alcohol specifically designed to be consumed while driving. <laughs> what? Whoa, Onion, come on. You know, we, don't, we never condone that here. Um, 
Also, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, another guy I've been trying to get on this show. It's going to happen one day. Johnson wanted to get behind an alcohol that he personally would never drink because it would poison his physique. But you're welcome to have it if you'd like. I don't know that that's true. I mean, I really don't. I think that he he probably does drink it. Sammy Hagar. That's right. Sammy Hagar was on the show last week. He had Cabo Wabo tequila. Now he's got Santo tequila. It says, this qualifies primarily if you loosen the definitions of both celebrity and tequila. Oh, come on. What? You don't be bagging on Sammy, Onion. Man's a legend. Next up. We got Snoop Dogg, 19 Crimes, Cali Red Blend Wine. Snoop became interested in this alcohol brand to get more access to wine bottles and see if they could be turned into bongs. Yeah, you know, because Snoop Dogg likes to smoke weed. You get it, right? Listen, listen up. That was my skull. I'm so wasted. we'll, We'll wrap it up with this one. Kendall Jenner. 818 Tequila, the perfect tequila for kicking back after a long day of not earning a single thing on your own. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Now remember, that's the Onion now saying that, not me. Come on, Onion. Boy. Another headline I caught my eye was, you remember back in the, back in the past summer, we had the World Cup in Qatar, Qatar, whatever you want to call it, Qatar, Qatar, and they had banned alcohol. Crazy. This is a headline from The Onion. British World Cup attendees accused of smuggling alcohol into stadium through bloodstreams. Pulling dozens of UK soccer fans aside for additional questioning, Qatari authorities accused British World Cup attendees of defying the tournament's total ban on alcohol and smuggling beer into the stadium through their bloodstreams, FIFA officials confirmed Monday. Quote, Disappointing to see so many British fans blatantly disrespect our World Cup hosts by entering the stadium with enough alcohol in their bodies to intoxicate everyone watching the match. End quote, said FIFA spokesperson Tarek Mojica, who added that security could smell large quantities of lager and cider during both the England and Wales matches on Monday, but initially failed to pinpoint its source not realizing the odor was emanating from the pores of people in the stands. Another popular thing the Onion does is these the man-on-the-street interviews called uh, What Do You Think? And um, this one was, the headline was, Hangover Prevention Pill Goes on Sale in UK. A new hangover pill, Merkel, that claims to help drinkers wake up feeling refreshed by accelerating the breakdown of alcohol in the gut before it reaches the liver, if taken at least one hour before alcohol consumption, has launched in the UK. What do you think? Javier Osaka, a menu consultant, said, I'll try anything besides drinking even a little bit less. Kenny Otep's systems analyst said, big deal. I've been mixing alcohol with pills for years. And finally, Josephine, Josephine Cruz, a dumpster diver, <laughs> said, whatever happened to good old reliable vomiting? All right, that does it. Get out of here, you drunk lowlife. Another one. Very funny. Another slideshow. Worst things to say to someone who is sober. This is the onion telling you what not, not to utter around your friends who are no longer partaking of 
substances. For instance, if you can finish this entire kilo of Coke in one sitting, the whole thing's free. You don't want to say that. Even those individuals most devoted to sobriety will have trouble passing up such an incredible deal. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I'll drink your margarita then. You deliberately ordered two margaritas because you assumed they wouldn't drink theirs, but you shouldn't have put that temptation in front of them. I'm getting a divorce unless you start drinking. Ultimatums are never a good idea, especially when trying to coax someone out of recovery. Yummy, yum, yum in my tum, tum, tum. Saying this while imbibing alcohol as you smile and lick your lips is often too powerful a temptation for those with substance abuse issues. Good point, really is. And well, finally, the last Onion headline we're going to do before we get to the great Gina grad. Ended on a high note. Man worried he stuck in endless cycle of drinking, partying, and having a good time. Portland, Oregon is the dateline. Speculating that he probably should not want to maintain his current lifestyle forever, local man Greg Schatz, 34, expressed concerns Tuesday about possibly being stuck in an endless cycle of excessive drinking, hard partying, and generally having a good time. Quote, Slowly, without my even realizing it, my life has entered a big feedback loop. Day after day, week after week, I go out, I drink until I haven't a care in the world. I have incredible experiences with great friends I love very much. And then later, I come to feeling absolutely fantastic, and I want nothing more than to do it all over again, said Schatz, who claimed he was worried that someday he will look back on a life consisting of nothing but incredible experiences, enduring personal connections, and amazing memories. Quote, I, tell my, I always tell myself, this is the last Thursday I'll go out for cocktails and end up having a blast. But then I find myself right back doing the same incredibly enjoyable things with people I love the very next weekend. I might stop for a week or two, but eventually I fall back into the cycle of joy and celebration, and I'm worried that's all there is to my life. I mean, I know a guy who's in his mid-40s who still goes out and lives it up with his friends all the time. And he's perfectly well-adjusted and content in every way. I don't want to end up like that. Schatz openly admitted that many of his fears come from watching his father's ongoing struggle with happiness. Now we're going to take a quick break, and we're back with Gina Grad. Stale is one of my least favorite words in the English language. It's a real blah word, isn't it? Stale rhymes with fail, which nobody likes to do, and kale, which nobody but weirdos really likes to eat. I prefer an antonym to stale, and that's fresh, as in Fresh Victor, a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that really come in handy when you're having a little drinking sesh. See what I did there? Rhymes with fresh. Yeah. Anywho, Fresh Victor offers nine unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to tantalize any palate. I love them all, but my absolute favorites are three citrus and mint leaf, strawberry and lemon, and cactus pear and pomegranate. All of the ingredients are fair trade sourced, there's nothing artificial, and the mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. And right now, Fresh Victor is offering a funky fresh deal to what we're drinking listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout enter promo code FVDAN20. 
FreshVictorDan20. FVDan20, you get 20% off your order. Think of all the money you'll save while also becoming the envy of all the amateur mixologists in your neighborhood. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor. Oh boy, am I excited to announce that one of our original sponsors, that's right, an OG, I guess it would be an OS, right? Original sponsor, okay, sure. With us from the beginning, they took a little break, and now they're back in the mix, and I'm talking about Rabbit Hole. My go-to for American whiskey, Rabbit Hole makes bourbon and rye in extremely small batches. We're only talking 15 barrels or less at this amazing distillery. They have smack dab in the middle, downtown Louisville, Kentucky. And Rabbit Hole's recipes are totally unique. They were created by their founder, a guy named Kaveh, personal friend of mine, one of the coolest guys in the bourbon business. Kaveh and his team at Rabbit Hole spare no expense making their bourbon and rye. They have their own cooking methods. They use top-of-the-line grains. They never chill filter, and they use barrels that are toasted, charred, and wood-fired, which almost nobody does anymore. And what you end up with by doing that is a line of bourbon and rye, these really rich, deep flavors that are unlike anything you've ever tasted. And right now, Rabbit Hole's offering a special deal for my listeners. You get $5 off your first order if you order through Drizzly. That's right, get it delivered through Drizzly and enter code RABBIT. You get $5 off your first order. And trust me on this, folks, you're going to want to get in there and order that right now. Get that rabbit hole. Joining me now... She's a radio personality, voiceover artist. She's done, she's been all the biggest, biggest shows in Los Angeles, including one that I'm familiar with, the Adam Carolla Show. She spent many years doing that. She is now transitioned <laughs> to the next chapter in her life. And the pun is intended there. She's got a brand new children's book out called My Extra Mom, and if there's anything we love on a show dedicated to drinking booze, it's children's books. Please welcome Gina Grad. Hi. It's so good to see you. I'm so It's so weird to see you. Every time I see you, it was in the studio at Corolla. I know. Every, every time you've ever seen me, about 20 minutes after seeing me, I'd have to stop and go, I love you guys. And my ears are warm. <laughs> For the drinking segments. We're going to talk. I want to get into the Corolla stuff a little bit. I know you're probably sick of talking, but I just, we'll talk about that okay. in a little bit. But, but first up, sure. you, you got, so Corolla is done for you. Um, yes. You and, you and Bob Brian, my, my good friends, have uh, moved on from that. And, and again, we'll go back to that in a little bit. But you got this book. So you are a, you are a stepmother. I am. And My Extra Mom chronicles your journey. I'm going to, full disclosure, I did not read it because I don't have any interest in children other than to avoid them. Uh, but Thank yeah. you. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm having you on the show because I, I also realize, well, I love you, first of all. And secondly, I, love you. I realize a lot of my listeners probably are parents, which is why they listen, because these little monsters will drive you to drink, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I can say, you know, when you say you love me and we're friends, um, I can prove it, everybody. I have pictures of Dan from my wedding. So, yes, yes we are there. friends. And and by the way, I have met I've met your stepson and he is a lovely, lovely young man. I, He's I mean, a I, good boy. The rest of them are monsters. 
Now, I know. Totally. So what inspired this book? <laughs> where did where did this come from? So it's a couple things. Um, the 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 umbrella is that I am, am newish at this. I mean, we we my husband and I've been together for five years, but we've only been married for a year and a half. And when all this came to be, I was looking for books on sort of how to introduce this little whippersnapper, this little toddler at the time, to having another grown up woman in his life all the time. And I couldn't find anything. Library, bookstore, there was nothing. The closest I could find was some old like book from the 80s that I guess therapists recommend called Dinosaur's Divorce. And that wasn't even remotely what I was looking for. And that was the closest thing I could find. So my first thing is I just wanted to uh, have a book that you could hand to a little kid and be like, this is what you should expect. And when uh, a stepmother comes in to read it, it's kind of like, and by the way, this is what's expected of you. And then a notion to the biological mother, hey, nobody's trying to step on your toes. Nobody's trying to replace you. This is an extra person coming in to look after this child. And finally, Disney, folklore, evil step monster, evil queen banishes Snow White, uh, you know, keeps one of them with the long hair in the tower, you know, constantly you know, trying to keep Cinderella from going to the ball. I get it. Easy scapegoat. There's a bad apple in every bunch, but we're just we're just ladies that fell in love with men with kids and we just want to help. We do, we're joining a family already in progress and we don't want to be the problem. We want to help be part of the solution to this new transition. I think it's great. I, I mean, as a child myself of I had a my mom, my parents divorced when I was very young and then my mom met a guy and he became my stepdad when I was about, I think they met when I was probably around eight or nine mm. and got married when I was around 11 or 12. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it, it definitely, uh, took some getting used to. Uh-huh. It's a rocky ass road. I was that kid too. My, my parents divorced when I was 12, had a couple of stepmoms and, uh, wasn't always awesome. I wasn't always awesome to them. They weren't always awesome to us. And I, I said this to somebody else the other day. You learn in therapy because I don't think you'll be shocked to know that I've been in therapy for many years. When you <laughs> <What>? bitch about... <laughs> no, I'm so well-adjusted now. When you bitch about your parents and you're angry with them for fucking you up, and you, the thing that we all do, once you get through that, the therapist, or it, you can ask yourself, which I ended up asking my parents... Did you do the best with the tools you had at the time? And the answer was a resounding yes. So all is well, all is forgiven. These days, these kids today, we can talk about anything. We can talk about ADD and being neurodivergent and have being adopted and having gay parents and having autism and all these things that were just shrouded in shame and mystery when we were growing up. So this is a new era, and I, I want to help normalize the stuff that we didn't get to have normalized when we were kids. I love it. I, I Not that I'm ever having kids, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe I could be, you know, who knows? Maybe I end up a stepdad someday. You well, never that's know. the I, thing. I might meet yeah. somebody. I, I'm, not, I'm not averse to that. If I were to meet a woman that had a child or like choking the words out or children. I know. I know. More I than know. one. I don't know I about know. more than one. Maybe just one. <laughs> I could do it. Now, this is a show called What We're Drinking, Gina. So yes. how how does the drinking play in? Obviously, you're not <laughs> drinking 
when you're doing anything that it requires you to be attentive to the child. But right. I got to figure Correct. after a long day, sometimes you might be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to crack open that bottle of wine. Well, it's really funny you should say this because you are the reason that there is alcohol in this house, <laughs> that sometimes it gets sampled. Otherwise, like my husband and I aren't big drinkers and you know I'm not like a world-class drinker. But during pandemic times, when Dan Dunn would come on and we were all at our homes and we'd all have these beautiful bottles of spirits sent to our house, now we have a fucking great bar because of you. So it, it is like, you know, on a on an occasion where a child is, say, we're, we're in a child-free home. And at the end of the night, a sweaty glass of whiskey or scotch. Nice. Oh, boy. Or I do like to be a basic bitch every once in a while. And while I'm cooking, crack open a white wine. It's like, I get it. I get what the fuss is about. Yeah. So everybody knows, in case you're not overly familiar with it. I, so I do these regular uh, spots on the Corolla show, the Adam Corolla show. Been doing them for a lot of years, actually, now. And it's usually about once a month. Come in, bring in usually spirits, but sometimes we would do wine. Um, and the last re the most recent appearances, I I've been also bringing in some Bart, my, my buddy, Paul Sanguinetti oh, coming in and love. making some drinks and yeah. And I would always bring in the product and a lot of times I would leave it or the brands would send a little extra and I, and, and give it to Brian and, and Gina and Adam and everybody got to take some booze home and a good time was had by all. Now I have to say by the time this episode, so we're recording this and tomorrow will be my first time going in studio without you and bald being there. So that's oh. going to be a weird experience. I did do earlier in January, I did go to Philadelphia and I did, uh, you know, if I, let, let's just talk about it. We'll, we'll, let's, let's talk let, about it. Let's talk about it. So sure. I'll tell you. So as I mentioned, uh, uh, Gina and Bob Bryan, who are regulars on the Corolla show for how many years you were? I was eight years and I was the newest. Okay. So Brian, I mean, I don't know, 15, 20. Yeah. Long time. And every time I would go in, they would be there and, and we would have these really, we'd have a great time. And I, and as Gina mentioned, we all became friends and I was so fortunate to be invited to your wedding. And, and I've hung out with Brian as well off, off uh, out of the studio. So I saw you guys in December, we did an eggnog segment oh, and it was so, so good. good. Paul Sanguinetti came in and, and made these, some of the best eggnog oh. you're ever going to have. And, and I, I remember we talked about seeing it. And then Philadelphia came up because Adam was going to be doing a live show in a recording in Philly. And I was going to be back there. And he said, do you want to come in and, and do the show with me at Helium Comedy Club? And I, sure. And you you guys weren't going to go, but you were going to do it via on like, Zoom on Zoom up on the screen. Yeah, what we had gotten used to instead of uh, we stopped traveling with Adam so much and started um, just appearing on the screen on the stage, which was frankly more convenient, but it was always fun to travel. Yeah. So that was that. And then Christmas came, New Year's came. The show was on January 6th. So I mean, a couple of days before that, I I, I reached out to Chris Laxamana, the producer, and I said, how's it going to work? Is Should I, are Brian and Gina going to come in? And, and then that was when I got the news. It was actually that day that you got the news. And he said, I guess you didn't listen to the show today. And I said, I didn't. And, and I went back later and listened to it where Adam, I thought really, you know, I think he was 
it seemed like it was coming from the heart what he was saying and why why he made that decision. But nonetheless, it was boy, it was shocking to me. I was, I'm sure it was to you. And I selfishly, I just thought to myself, well, man, how's this going to work? Because you, I honestly, and I mean this, you are my favorite part of doing the segments because A, you seem to be having the most fun and you always were really surprised by what we would have. And I think there were times when I would have Stuff that I was sure you weren't going to like. Like it was going to be too, whiskey was going to be too powerful. And you always seem to just go, yeah, I'm digging this. Well, and that was the thing. Since I don't know, you know, it's funny. You have the whole spectrum of drinkers on that show. Me, which is hardly ever. Brian, which is Mr. Know-it-all with, uh, you know, certain things. And Adam just with, you know any good port in a storm, I'll give it a try. So for me, not only if something was really good, I have to let you know, but I'm learning. So if I'm going, oh, I'm sensing some cinnamon and am I getting something fruity? I really, I'm observing this for the first time. So whether it's my favorite or not, I'm excited about it. Yeah. And and, and there was just something about the dynamic in there. You know, again, I mentioned uh, Paul Sanguinetti coming in, in in recent months which was great, and he would make oh. amazing drinks. But I got to tell you, some of my favorite appearances were the ones where uh, I would either just bring in straight spirits, <laughs> and things would just kind of go off. Like there would be times, and and obviously I would get a little uh, boozed up, and then start talking about things that I probably shouldn't. I didn't Let's want to put reveal. it this way: yeah. when it was just the four of us and you just brought in straight liquor, you'd always win guest of the year. Yes, I did win guest of the year the year <laughs> the year before. Not well last year. deserved because yeah, I would get we'd get a little lubricated and and then stick around and do the news. And it was usually during the news that things would start. Something would someone would say something, and then I, yes. I would start talking about my deviant sexual yes. uh, oh. proclivities. And Gina, so deviant. and Gina would gag in her mouth and be like, Whoa, oh, whoa. I was horrified. Um, although the the proclivities were never as bad as like the medical experiments you were doing on yourself. <laughs> that shit made me want to throw up. But don't forget, you're not giving yourself enough credit because, yes, you'd get loose for sure. But I seem to remember a little time in Las Vegas where you actually had to take over the entire show. So give yourself a little credit. Uh, That one, you know, we've talked about that before. Ace uh, (laughs) was overserved, I think, that day in Vegas. And I got on the air with him. And I was, so it was a thing called the Whiskey X. And and I was, I was doing on camera work for the Whiskey X. I was the MC at that event. So I'm running around talking to people. And then I'm like, oh shit, I got to go up and and jump on the second half of the Corolla show. And I went up and uh, John Taffer had just finished. Mm -hmm. And you guys weren't on at that point. You and Brian had taken a quick break or something. Yeah, that was just a one on one. Yeah. And so Taffer, I saw John and I knew him. I'd met John and he looked, flustered because i came on immediately after him and he and i'm like what what's wrong like why does he seem a little bit off and then as soon as i sat down i knew why because adam was jolly 
<laughs> Let's he put it that way. So jolly to the point. This episode is still available. I mean, you could. Oh definitely yeah. Seek it out. Well, I had to close. I had to end the you show. Close the show. I looked over you... at him and I went, "All right, time to go for Bob <laughs> Bryan, Gina Grad, and Adam Carolla, Dan Dunn saying mahalo, and that's how we ended the show. It was one of my. <laughs> favorite memories so so suffice it to say whenever you're involved it's a very memorable enjoyable experience <laughs> by the way i bring up uh i bring up the whiskey x uh i'm gonna be doing a bunch of those again this year we'll have to get maybe we have to bring you out on the roads for one of these dude Gina. well there'll I be one here in la that. too we'll do i um I just, I'm doing the timing now. Okay. I will, by the time this episode <laughs> drops, I will have already hosted the Tequila X in LA. And we the- had the best time. I'll do that with you anytime. I loved it. You're I'm in, along. you're in. Now your book, you. your book came out by the way. Yes. Um, Cause now we've, now we've, now everybody knows what happened with Corolla. Okay. <laughs> the book came out on the 21st, right? Yes. And yes. So- to a Raving success. Raving Again, just disregard the fact that we're recording this. It's already number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I knew it was going to be good, but... But really, what what is your hope for this, your expectation for this? It's your first I, book. It's my first book. Um, and I know, you know, Adam said many times, and I've agreed with him many times, that anyone could basically shit out a children's book. And to some extent, he's absolutely right. But he has been so supportive of me doing this because this is for such a specific reason. This isn't uh, Dragons Love Tacos or whatever, the, it, which is great, and all the kids seem to love it. This is a book that I really, 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 really think is important and there's really a need for it. So to answer your question, I have more planned. Um, I have a series. So this is going to be all about kids getting to know every every limb of their extra family tree, and I'm really excited about it. You know, you mentioned Adam being supportive. I guess that's another part I wanted to. So everything's good with you guys. You guys are good. I think so. I mean, you know, I mean, you are not. Is there any hard feelings for you? Oh, God, no. In fact, when is this airing? I was on and we had a great time uh, because I'm going on as we were as we record this. I'm going on next week. But, um, yeah, you know, I Adam and I have something very, very specific in common. And some people who don't know him that well might not assume this, but it's true. The two of us hate confrontation. Adam is not confrontational. I know he he may give the illusion that he is. He is not, and neither am I. So when he uh, and I, I said this on on uh, a show I did with Teresa Strasser, and we were talking, kind of debriefing after it happened. I was so nervous. I didn't know why I was coming in. I thought I was going to get yelled at or be told I was in trouble. And this year you better shape up or else. Cause that's always what I think is, you know, going to happen to me all for in any situation. So I sit down and I'm really nervous and I think I'm going to get yelled at. And I go, well, this is a fun little surprise. Cause I don't know what else to say. And Adam goes, well, and we both start laughing because we are both so uncomfortable and we both hate confrontation. So he told us that, you know, he's going to take the show in a different direction. And I didn't do anything wrong. And Brian didn't do anything wrong. It's just it's just time. And first of all, I was so fucking relieved not to be in trouble. That is such a <laughs> something I'm still working on. Well, in therapy. I, well, I was wondering that about and not only <laughs> relieved about not being in trouble. And, you know, nobody wants to lose a job, obviously. Right. But but. I get the sense from you that you're approaching this as not a setback, but as a, you know, this is the time to do. Because when Adam gave his 
so you talk about him being uh, not liking confrontation. One of the things I've noticed about Adam is when he talks about something that is clearly, I don't want to say makes him uncomfortable, but something that mm-hmm. is hard for him. Mm-hmm. He closes his eyes when he talks. Yes. And yes. so he did that pretty much the whole time. <laughs> if you go on YouTube, it, when he announces that, <laughs> that Gina and Brian are no longer on the show, his eyes are closed. Mo- because I think he's really, well, I think part of it too is he just really wants to make sure that he says everything that needs to be said about that. But I, I, I got the feeling that it it could be a good thing for all of you guys just because, you know, like he's going through a lot of personal change in his life mm. and, and wants to go. So, and for you, you know, you're relatively newly married, relatively new, yeah. like the idea of like launching this new phase of being a yeah. children's book author has got to be pretty exciting. It is. And, and you said it so well. And, you know, Adam's pretty honest. I'm pretty honest. You know, we're just we, we couldn't do what we've been doing for this many years without a very deep level of honesty. And this is something I would and I think maybe I did say to Adam that day. I don't know. It was kind of a blackout. But um, I am sort of like really, really loyal. And I think that that's a great quality, you know, for to be in a wife and all these other things and an employee. But I wouldn't have left because that's my home. I've been there for eight years. I'm very loyal to Adam. I'm loyal to the show through and through. And, you know, even if we don't see everything eye to eye, whatever, like, that's my team. That's my guy. That's my coach. Like, I am here. So I think you're right. I think if anything were to change, for me anyway, it would have had to have come from Adam to say, I think we should all try something new, you know, on our own. Because I wouldn't have done it because I'm just like, well, you dance with the one that brung you. And while I was with Adam for eight years, I went through three different radio jobs. So just to give a perspective on speaking of loyalty, how he kept me and not to mention everyone else in the crew and Brian, he kept me for eight years and I went through a layoff and a station format flip. So radio is a very fickle business. And I was always grateful to Adam through COVID, through everything for just keeping us around. And he doesn't have to do anything. So it, it, you know, it's like it, it, it hurts for anyone to say like, I love you, but I think it's time we all try something new. It takes a minute, but I get it, and I and I think you're right. I think this is ultimately good for all of us. And yeah, and a you mentioned the longevity, which is rare in this in this business. The fact that you know he sat down and I mean I know that, but that's not how it normally works in radio. You 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 mentioned the 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 uh, station format change. Mm -hmm. I I went through that. Uh, years ago, I was doing a thing on Indy 103.1. You remember that, right? Yeah, Which was like course. the coolest station in Bad LA. Badass, yes. And not to get in too far into the weeds, but I managed to get this thing where I was, what was it called? It was a, it, they ran these things. It was called um, High Spirits, Indy 103.1's High Spirits with Dan Dunn. And I would do these 90-second booze segments that ran every day. And they were sponsored, and it was, especially at that time, which, how long is that, 15, 16 years ago? Long time ago, right? At least, yeah. It was extremely lucrative for me. It was my own thing that I created. I brought it to them. I brought the sponsors. They didn't, they're like, you keep the, and 
again, it was lucrative and I'm doing, and it was the easiest thing. I would go in and I'd record five of them. They're 90 seconds. I'd write them ahead of time. I'd record them. Boom. They'd go, they'd run them all week. And then I'd do it the next. And I was doing this for a couple months. And one day I went in and everybody was despondent. People were like crying. I'm like, what's Mm. happening? And the producer said, we switched formats. We became a like a salsa station or something. It was a, it was yeah. a, it was a, yeah, it, would be, it became a Spanish language station. And I was like, yep. when is that happening? She goes, what do you mean? I go, well, when are they going to make the switch? She goes, already happened. Listen, they don't, they don't tell you. They no. never tell you in radio. They, they, they literally change it and everybody's fired. That's true. They want the new broom to sweep clean. They also in radio, there's kind of a rule that you tell the hosts at the last possible second because you don't want a loose cannon like a radio show host to go on and go scorched earth when, you know, the mics are hot. So you don't tell anyone. Um, Luckily, you know, Brian has already been on a couple times. As you hear this, I will have been on again. It's we're all still I mean, talk about my wedding. Adam gave it the, the main toast at my wedding. I mean, I, which was I very, think, which was very uh, <laughs> funny and also great. heartfelt too. I thought it yeah. was great. I've on my one year wedding anniversary, I posted it, and people seem to really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, it's no hard feelings. It's always like, like we just said, it's always change is rough and it's weird, but we're all family. We're all friends. We're all still us. It, the the worst thing that could have happened was something happened or some rumor or whatever, and it was like, are you team Gina? Are you team Adam? Are you team? I would be in such an emotional tailspin. This was like, everybody knows. All the millions of people who listen, we didn't do anything wrong. It's, you know, it was just time to move on and people miss us and we'll be back every once in a while. Now, I can't imagine, like we talked about how weird it's going to be for you. (laughs) It will be. Well, you know, it's funny. You have such a great attitude. And I, I know part of that is, and you've advised me on this before, is clearly you've avoided, well, no, actually we haven't because you do engage on Twitter because <laughs> some of the Corolla trolls can be just yeah. awful pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Like I let, look, I'm, I'm a, whenever I go and do Corolla events, even in <laughs> Philly, 95% of the people are amazing and they come up and they're, they're very complimentary. They want to take pictures. Oh. They want to do, oh. you know, but you get that, that small percentage and man, they dissect every little thing for, oh, well, this, the, the way they fired Allison Rosen was over yeah. this and the way they did. And they're just, and I just want to go to, hey, get a fucking life, will you? Like, I stop. I know. You know, I know. And, and they'll go, or they start attacking you. You're already huh. gone. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. She I just know. got, she just lost her job. And now you're going to continue to talk about what, a, how terrible she was. Yeah. Look at you, it, you lonely, sad person you know and and that's ultimately what it is but well yeah it's funny though because I've been in radio like legitimately full-time in radio since 2006 almost not a day went by without me talking on some show so I have developed a very thick skin and I also know how sort of fickle people are and myself included you know if it's a tv show or a talk show and they change hosts or whatever everybody hates the new person and I've been the new person at so many stations. And I took just massive, brutal, verbal beatings from people. And it it was so jarring to me. I was just constantly walking around in a state of like vibrating panic. I, I, I didn't know what I had done wrong except work my entire life 
for the opportunity I just snatched out of the jaws of defeat. And what is my thanks and what is my uh, payment but to be told by strangers what a fucking piece of shit I am and how dare I and who am I? And it it was really hard. Now, that obviously changes, uh, you know, in radio when you get accolades from the people you care about, from your coworkers, from your, you know, bosses, from your PDs, from your bank account. Um, those voices tend to dull quite a bit. But all of the people when I started on Corolla who were like, you know, fuck her, who's she? Blah, 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 when, by the way, they didn't know I'd been around forever. Um, when I when it was time to go, they were all so wonderful and they were all so sympathetic and I don't know it's not going to be the same and we love you and it's like I've always looked at it like a child throwing a tantrum like you hate me today okay I know those are big feelings for you you love me today okay I know that love is hard for you to process it's just like toddlers and you just really you don't take it to heart (laughs) plus I may just say that you know I have girlfriends that do like you know haul shows on YouTube with, uh, you know, when you get a haul of like something from Target or oh, something yeah. from Sephora. This is my Mount Karen. This is my haul. Unboxings and you're talking about? Unboxing. Ugh. Exactly. And all of the comments are like, yes, girl. Oh my God. OMG. You're amazing. And I'm just like, why doesn't everyone flood in comments to say that about me? What am I doing wrong? Um, I have to give myself a little credit. I have worked in the male dominated side of a male dominated industry since 2006. I don't do hair product reviews. I don't do cookie baking shows. I do hardcore masculine comedy, hard hitting news. I do all of that. So it's not going to attract the same audience. And I have to give myself a little grace and a little slack because I'm not doing, you know, YouTube shows for women to say which lip gloss I prefer. I'm getting in the shark tank every day. Well, speaking of which, your hair looks great. Oh, thank you. I washed yeah, it and everything. Lovely. What, what, what product are you using? Um, I use something called OE. It's O-U-A-I. Smells really good. Um, if you put in my promo code. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's funny. You, earlier, you talked about how you and Adam share this uh, aversion to confrontation. I don't, right? What I, I, what I don't. don't. What I don't like, I have a hard time with the online stuff. Yeah. I prefer someone to come up to me to my face and say something because then my Philly comes out and I, yeah. You know, well, a, I'll, 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 so online, what I try to do now, what I do is just avoid it. But every once in a while I'll engage, Same. but I try to be funny. I just, I never, I never want to get real combative with them. I'll just make yeah. jokes. And, and then one of the ones that I do is if they write something really nasty, I have this like stock response. It says, Hey, thank you so much for your comment. It's, it's the support of people like you that make, you know, make, keep me going in this. And then they'll write back, Hey, you fucking asshole. Do you read what I said? And you just keep posting the same thing. (laughs) And they're and it makes them crazy, right? Like he's not paying attention to me. And ultimately what you notice is they want you to pay attention online. In real yeah. life, they don't want you to pay attention. Most of those no, people that are saying scary. shit to you, if they said it to my face, and not like I'm some badass motherfucker, but I will not back down. If one of those, half the stuff that people said to me online, if they said it to my face, oh. I'd knock them out. You know, I'd be like, okay. And they know that. So that's why they don't do it. It's only online. I 100% believe that you would you would go full closed fist. I get it. I see it. I respect my it. My Philly came out recently. I was watching 
Oh, I hate to bring it up, the Eagles. Oh, my Eagles. I wasn't going to mention They lost the Super Bowl. Okay, but yeah. prior to losing the Super Bowl, they, they played the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship, and they beat them handily. I was in line at a bar where we were watching the game, and there was a San Francisco guy waiting. We're all waiting in line, and he's behind me. And this is in the fourth quarter. The Eagles have the game in hand. They're up 28-7 to at that point, but it was over. They, San Francisco didn't have yeah. a quarterback. And the guy just says, oh. It's stupid fucking jersey, man, to me. First of all, I wasn't wearing a jersey. I was wearing a shirt, Eagles shirt. I said that, and he said, you know, you know whoever wins the AFC is going to kick your guys' asses in the Super Bowl. And I go, oh my God. I, go I didn't know that. I, and he said, yeah, man, you guys should be killing us. You should be blowing us out. And I go, what game are you watching, man? We are killing you. It's 28 to 7 in the fourth quarter. And then I said, you know what, man? I'm sorry that your quarterback got hurt you're really being a sore loser right now, right? Good. And he says, what'd you say? I go, you heard what I said. You're being a sore loser. He said, yeah, what are we going to do about it? And then it's my turn to pee, the oh, staller. I said, you know what? I'm going to take a piss and I'll think about what I'm going to do about it. And when I go to take the piss, I'm first thought is like, I'm going to finish and I'm going to headbutt this fucking guy in the face. And then about five seconds into my pee, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I'm not getting in a fight. This is insane. I'm not getting Over- in a over I don't stupid... mean to be an asshole, but over a team that neither of you play for. No, I know. So then I finish and I turn around and he's still there waiting. And I just said, hey, man, I just came here to watch football. I didn't come here to get in a fight. Sorry your team lost, but you know, take it easy. And I walked, but I braced myself in case he took a swing yeah. at me. Sure, but good. I walked out and I felt very good. proud of myself. Because young Dan, we would have been brawling in the bathroom by that point. I would have been fighting him because oh I, I used to love confrontation when I was, you know, most of my life. Okay, so this might be a stupid question because you kind of answered it, but have you ever actually been in a fight? Because that seems terrifying. Have I been in a fight? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I grew up in a really tough neighborhood in Philly called Frankfurt. I've been in hundreds of fights, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like, we used to fight all the time. We used to fight each other. Like, (laughs) long before Fight Club, we used to do – dead serious. We were like 15, 16. We'd be drinking beer, and we would – one of the games we played – was punch each other in the face and see who could take it. And then invariably someone would get, it would hurt and then you'd swing back and then the fight would break in. Just be with your best friends. We would hit each other to see who could stand it the most. But I grew, I grew up in one of these neighborhoods where there was a lot of different, I don't want to say gangs, but it was kind of like that. Like, so we were this Chevy's pizza. That's where we hung out. And then like a couple blocks away, there's other dudes on that corner and, you know, you're drinking, you're 16, 17, a lot of testosterone, and you walk up and then it's like, hey, what's up? Hey, fuck you. What's fuck you? Fuck me. And and I was a little guy, by the way. I hung it. I was smart. I hung out with very tough, big good, guys. So I was good. kind of the guy they would send in to start the fight. Yeah. I was fairly clever. So if you confront like a, a Cretan with a, like a like a little zinger and they don't uh-huh. have a, they usually don't have a comeback course not uh, not a verbal one <laughs> right so my job was to go in insult <sighs> them take the first punch and then hopefully my friends get in there before i get the shit kicked out of me too bad so you are a scrapper for sure i mean i'm i i don't purport to be i wasn't i had a most of my crew was a lot tougher than me but i mean i could handle myself for what i was like when i was a teenager oh i was like God. 150 pounds you know i was i wasn't a, i was a little skinny pretty boy that's what i was well, you're still a pretty boy. Oh, you. That's why. You, well, you got now the most. I, all right, fine. You got the job. 
Introducing right. the new co-host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Now. We, we, Thank you. I, I do want to have you on. Between the cheekbones and hair, I got to tell you, you're you're doing all right. No, I'm going to have you. I want to have you on more often when I right. when I have special. You know what's coming up? What? I don't want. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm pretty sure he's doing the show. Uh, what? Jason Momoa. You would want to co-host that one, right? Shut the fuck up. I swear to God. He's got, I don't know if I can even say what it, Yeah, I think it's been announced. He's got a vodka. And we have been in talks about him doing the show with me. So hopefully that's going to happen in March. So keep your... keep your. Maybe I'll have you come out and guest host that one with me. You and the oh. hundred other women that I've mentioned it to, they're like, I'm coming that day. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's every woman's fantasy if Cal Drogo learns to speak English. <laughs> I, 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 I would be honored. But also, um, you know how I don't like confrontation. That's all also, you know, meeting people that you love. So either way, I'm happy to be there and I'm happy to stay home and hide <laughs> under the kitchen cabinet. Before I let you go, I want to ask you. So of the, we we had a lot of booze over the years on the Corolla show. Yeah. <laughs> Any Anything stand out to you maybe that's in your bar right now that you're like, that one got me? You know, for someone who knows nothing about alcohol, there was one spirit that for some reason I just have this like kinship with it you brought it in I it was definitely one of those where I had to like beg to be the one to take it home and Adam did not want to give it to me but he felt bad for me because I really really wanted it I don't know why it just really spoke to me and this was years ago do you remember a brand called Napogue Castle of course I love it yeah it just something about it it just like it's, you know, when you go to a, a pet rescue and they say, well, you didn't choose the dog. The dog chose you. Napoleon Castle chose me. I still enjoy that so much. I'm looking over you at my in your bar, bar right you? now. I think I probably got a bottle over there. And um, you've introduced me to some of the most world class spirits on literally on Earth. Irish whiskey. I remember the times that I've brought it in that you really enjoyed a lot of them. I think the tealing we brought in. Yes, and the, yes. Uh, uh, Egan's was another one that I think you, Jameson probably of had. Course. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, and I usually, uh, remember them by bottle or case because some of them are like art pieces. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I always love that one. I've loved so many that you've brought in. Um, but can we talk about one that might not have been our favorite, but it was definitely our favorite memory. <laughs> I already know what it's going to be. I can, I already know. Can we, say that... it, can we say it at the same time on the All count right, of three? Three, one, two, one. Three. Indigo. Indago. <laughs> indago. It, it, I think they pronounce it indigo, but it's spelled we indago. We all call it indago. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is Snoop Dogg's gin. It was not a taste profile that any of us enjoyed that much. Uh, I will give Snoop props for putting it out there. I guess. I yeah. love we, dude. I love Snoop. I love everything he does. I think he's fantastic. But when we say that tasted like strawberry vape juice, are we wrong? And it's, you know what? Some people would like that. It's okay. It's as Gina mentioned, it's strawberry. And it just had a very artificial strawberry. Yes. I could see the lab in Newark, New Jersey <laughs> in my brain when I'm sipping it where they're making this strawberry flavor. That yes. is, wasn't really like, especially when you live in California and we yes. get strawberries and they're the best yes. strawberries in the world. You're trying this and it's, it was a really manufactured strawberry yes. flavor well that said. also had a, 
I'm not exaggerating this either. There were like kerosene notes, honestly, like in in indigo. And yeah, uh, it was it was not a flavor found in nature. <laughs> the best way I can describe. But we had so much fun joking about it. Not and a flavor found in nature. That's a good way to put it. I mean, it's it's the truth. But we were laughing so hard, and you were—I wouldn't say you were getting pissed, <laughs> but you were definitely like, "Okay, well, I'm definitely no." Why I was getting pissed? Fun. I wasn't getting pissed. I was getting worried because I had booked Snoop to be on my show, oh, no. and I was supposed to do the interview with him a week later. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck." When they hear Corolla, there's no way they're letting him on my show. Did we fuck that up? No, it, it got fucked up. I so I was doing this the Zoom with or whatever I was gonna do with Snoop. I think it was on a Zoom, yeah. And then I'm literally waiting there and he never came on oh. and I'm waiting, waiting, and then finally publicist comes and is like, Oh, uh Snoop's high or something like i'm not joking it was just like oh, i believe that he was supposed to be here we don't know where he is he might be and i'm like is he stoned well i don't know but he likes to smoke weed but maybe he forgot and i'm like okay and then we tried rebooking him about three times i have the show art for snoop dogg being on my show that we created he's never been on the show oh you should release that just for fun because i think snoop strikes me as the kind of guy where if he he if he wanted you to know that he was pissed, he'd make sure that you knew. Yeah, no, I don't, I, think, I don't he think he ever heard it. And we've referenced it numerous times since. I know. As the, the only other time, I mean, usually I, you know, I go out of my way to bring in stuff that's good. I, yes. I'm not one of these people that wants to have fun at the expense of no. shitty brands. But there happened a couple of times. I remember Brian. Well, always he, Brian. He made a really funny comment, though, about a wine that I brought in and he said it was like, he said it was like the Bud Light of Prosecco's or something, you know? And, and, uh, uh yeah, but he, I felt like he was the toughest, toughest critic. Yeah. Of the he's a wine snob. He, he's like, he and his wife are a member of like many wineries and he hates Prosecco. Yeah. So, and he That's also doesn't like what, grapefruit he doesn't like. Wait, what is he? Fr- yeah, he doesn't like grapefruit and he doesn't like Prosecco. So good luck to you with cocktails in the summer and any Prosecco you bring in. So, so that's not on you. But no. we, we just had, I mean, God, we just had the best time with you. I remember over multiple years truly telling you that so many of the drinks tasted like either a pool party in my mouth or a Christmas party in my mouth because the drinks are just so full bodied and flavored and fun and i just i always had so much fun what i learned with bringing in paul sanguinetti was i had to do a lot less work because oh, normally yeah. when i would come in i'd have to prep and memorize yes. everything i mean look i know a lot about spirits and drinking but to remember the, the all the specifics about the brand is is difficult especially when i'm bringing in four different brands right so then i realized you know what i just have to do is have this guy who's a world-class bartender make amazing drinks and every i mean adam was just oh. giddy about that eggnog i think yes. we all were the eggnog was that we might were, have been paul's finest hour the eggnog um, we were all blown away that was insane and you finally figured out to work smarter not harder let somebody else do all the sweating <laughs> you just done. get in drink talk about your vr adventures and have a good time that's it that's it well listen I, it's so good to see you. I, uh, and we, next time we're going to do this in person, right? My extra mom is available wherever you get books, right? 
Um, yes, but that's uh, being available wherever you get books is a bit of a slower process. So right now, just go to Amazon because it's right there and it's already ready to go. So just for now, go to Amazon, My Extra Mom. And if you wouldn't mind, if you enjoy it, or if at least you don't think it's harming people, uh, give it a nice review because Amazon, it's algorithmy, and give it five stars, a nice review, because then Amazon's like, oh, this is something of interest and it, and it helps me out. So thank you so much. And we all want to help you out, of course. Thank now, you. I... Um... Do you have anything happening? Is there any announcements, kind of any radio stuff coming up? Uh, or are you just um, focusing on the book right now? I'm focusing on the book. I actually have, uh, because I can't ever stop myself, I, I would love to have the mindset of just kind of living off my husband. But I am working pretty hard right now. I write uh, for another news organization. So I'm pretty busy. Um, but I will let you know, because I'm thinking of doing a podcast and we might start recording it soon. So if so, uh, I'll let you know, and you can hopefully retweet it for me. But right now, I'm focused if on the I, book. If you need I'm, a guest, I, I I can I'll reach out to Jason Momoa see if he wants to do. God it. damn, <laughs> Cal Drogo. Cal Drogo. Um, thank you. So yeah, just the book, the book, the book. My extra mom, Amazon. Thank you so much, Gina Grad. Love you. Love you. I know this is hard for you, but winter is coming. We know what's coming with it. We can't face it alone. That's going to do it for this episode. I invite you to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Imbiber. The podcast has an Instagram account at WWD underscore podcast. I'm going to be on the Adam Carolla show on Wednesday, March 8th, doing Irish, Irish drinks, I think. Whiskeys, maybe. Cocktails. I don't know. Haven't figured it out yet. Speaking of Carolla, I want to thank Gina Grad for joining me on the episode she is truly a legend. I want to thank you, my friends, for spending your valuable podcast time with me. I know you got a lot of options out there, and it, it really does mean the world to me that you choose to listen to this show. And as a thank you, I'm going to leave you with a joke. An amnesiac walks into a bar, goes up to a beautiful woman and says, Hey, do I come here often? Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.